Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Now, one of the things that I just want to encourage you in, and that is, is because over the years of doing church and pastoring GVC, there's patterns that you begin to see take place within the church congregation. And there's different cycles and different flows and different movements, if you will, within the church. And there are times that uh, for some churches, when it comes into the beginning of the year, the church really ramps up because it's a new year. But for us as a church, it seems as though it was, it, it's been one of those times of our life cycle, if you will, where people just kind of sit back. It's almost like, well, it's the beginning of a new year. I've got a whole year ahead of me, and so we'll just kind of roll into this casually. And therefore, it takes a little while for the church to ramp up. And it seems like you, you see the law within the church as a result of that. So my point is to encourage you, don't let that be you this year. Don't look at this year saying, well, praise the Lord, it's the first Sunday, and man, we still got 50-some more to go. And so therefore, we got some time to uh, stretch our wings and get our legs loosened up, and we'll get into it. No, let's hit the ground running this year. Amen? And so again, I don't know about you, but this year has been, or this past year rather, has been one of those goofy years that I'm glad to see behind us. Now, I was just praying and meditating uh, yesterday and these words come to me and so it's one of those things where you know not like you know you purpose to always get these kind of things but you know you realize over the last year and a half we have allowed our be ourselves to be subject to what they tell us you know, this is how you need to act. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to uh, conduct yourself and so on and so forth because of all the stuff that's going on in our culture. Well, I heard these words come up in my spirit this, uh, just yesterday, and it said this, that in 2022, it's going to be up to you. In 2022, it's going to be up to you. And for the last year and a half and the last two years, we've had people telling us, this is how it must be. This is how you must conduct yourself. This is, must, this is how you must think. And so this, I believe, is a year for us to purpose to say that in 2022, it's going to be left up to me and you. So what is it that you're going to choose for this year? Well, we're starting a brand new series today, and it's simply entitled, 
fill her up. <laughs> fill her up. And obviously you see the, uh, uh, the, uh, the gas pumps behind us, and that'll all make sense as we get into this series. I just, I just believe that it's time for us to be filled up. Amen. You know, many of you are old enough, and I'm, as I'm looking across the congregation, there, there's a number of you that are old enough to remember those days where you would pull up to the pump and there would be a tendant there, and you would, he would say, what do you need? And you'd say, fill her up. Or you'd say, give me 10, or whatever it was that you was willing to do, right? Well, so God's saying to you, you know, now the days have gone by where they're not doing it for you anymore, so you're going to have to do it for yourself. So in 2022, it's up to you. And I don't know about you, but I want to hit this year running. I want to hit this year being full. And, and if you're like me, I got to be honest, in this last few weeks, this last couple months, man, I, I've, I've noticed that I've gotten a little drained. Anybody notice you got a little drained in the last couple months? Been kind of running on empty, running on fumes a little bit? Well, it's time to fill her up. And so we're going to endeavor to stretch you and challenge you in these next couple weeks to get stirred up. And I'm going to tell you something that I believe that, not that I believe, it's something that I know, and that is, is that I've never started out a year as aggressive as, as, aggressive as I'm going to start this year. Because once again, we try to get the, the, the wheels greased and get everybody motivated to move. But listen, I'm going to tell you, now is the time for us to be proactive. And so we're going to be really aggressive starting the beginning of this year to pursue God. Because we cannot live this life without God. And for so long, we've been trying to exist without God and hoping to add a little here and a little there and, and, and live the life that God said. No, it's time for us to fill her up. Come on, say it with me. Fill her up. Amen. And so, you can have more of the same in which we have been experiencing over the last several months. You can live a life full of fear and dictated by fear. Or you can purpose to live the life that God has endeavored for us to experience. You realize that Jesus gave us the provision to experience a new kind of life. You know the scripture in John chapter 3 verse 16. It says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So before Jesus every single one of us were dead spiritually going to hell. Right? But there was something that happened at the provision of what Jesus did. That we had the opportunity to change the course of our life, one that was headed to hell, one that was eternally spiritually dead, and coming over into a place of being alive and full of life. And what changed that was the very words in which you spoke. In Romans chapter 10, it says, With the heart man believes, and confession is made unto salvation. So when it comes to you being a believer, when it comes to you becoming a child of God, believing is not enough. You might believe in this life, in this current culture, that God wants you to experience health and goodness and <clears throat> blessing and increase in your life. But believing is not just enough. In fact, we see that the scripture says that upon believing, you had to confess Jesus as Lord. 
So in other words, the words that came out of, the, out of your mouth, the words in which you spoke, have the power to change your eternity. I said the words in which you spoke have the ability to change the course of your life, change eternity, and if your words have that much power, then don't you think that your words have the power to change your present? You see, God said that he sent his son that we could change our eternity. But Jesus also said, not did I only come that your eternity would be changed, but that you would experience life here on this earth at a whole nother level. In John chapter 10, verse 10, if you've been around here any length of time, we share this often. And Jesus himself said, now, once again, if you have a red letter Bible, you'll see that these words are written in red. And any time that you see words written in red, it's attention, the head of the church, Jesus is talking. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So whenever you see those similarities being experienced or showing up in your life, you know it's not from God, but it's from the enemy. But Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. In the Greek translation, we've said this, that that life more abundantly is in quality and in quantity. So in other words, God did not intend for us just to experience eternity, to escape hell on earth, and finally experience the goodness of God one day. No, he said, that is your destination, that is home. But remember, Jesus said, pray this way that you would experience heaven on earth. Our Heavenly Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, he says, I want you to experience heaven on earth. I don't want you to go through hell and experience hell only to escape hell. He said, I came that you might experience a, a portion of heaven on earth. But if my words have the ability to change my eternity, then my words have the, the ability and the power to change my present day circumstance. And so we're going to see how our words help us become full or get filled up to experience all of God's best. Now once again in John's gospel, John chapter 16 verse 7 Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and one of the things that we oftentimes do is we segregate the disciples. We set them aside as, as though they were some special individuals. They're Jesus' first chosen, and the only reason that they're the first chosen is because they're the ones that were there on the scene. If you happen to be there, you might have been one of them, Right? And then you might say, well, I don't qualify. Well, listen, I realize you're looking at yourself and disqualifying yourself because of all your mistakes and your misfortunes and all that. But if you read anything in regards to the disciples and the word of God, you'll find that they were a bunch of misfits. They were a bunch of individuals that were imperfect people, but God called or equipped those that he called. He didn't call the equip, he equipped the call, right? And so once again, when we look at the disciples, these are just men and individuals that are purposing to follow Jesus. And that's what the word disciple means, a follower of Christ. 
And so he says to them here, his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, did you notice what Jesus said? Because once again, when you read the scriptures, you'll find that the disciples were ready for Jesus to establish his kingdom. But Jesus says, as much as you desire for me to be here and to establish my kingdom, that's not the best. And it doesn't benefit you to the most. He said, it's imperative that I go back to heaven, take my place so that I can send the Holy Spirit. And he says, it's to your advantage. Everybody say it with me. Say, it's to my advantage. My advantage. Look to your neighbor and say, it's, it's to your advantage. Jesus said that it's to your advantage. Don't dilute what he said. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. And then we see in the scripture in John's gospel, once again, Jesus said, this is what the Holy Spirit will do. When he comes, he will be your helper. He will be your counselor. He will be your comforter. He will be there to stand by you. He'll be your advocate. And he will show you things to come. Or he'll guide you, direct you, and lead you into all truth. Amen. So in other words, he said, once again, it's to your advantage. Because without him, the help, the comfort, the leading, the direction, the counsel is not available to you. To the degree that it is when he comes. So my question for us is in these last several months, have we felt alone? Have we, been, have we felt isolated? Have we felt abandoned in these last several months? If there's been those times that we have felt alone and isolated, then maybe we have not taken advantage of the advantage. Because the advantage or the Holy Spirit is here. In these last several months, if we've experienced anxiety and, and, and fear, if we've found ourselves being awakened at night because of all the things that are going on and being concerned and worried about our children and our well-being, then maybe we have not... <coughs> taken advantage of the advantage because he said that it's to your advantage that I go because there's going to be times that you're going to be tempted to be fearful and anxious but I'm leaving something with you that will help you in those moments so that means that if he's leaving something there to help us in those moments that must mean that we don't have to be anxious full of fear or worry Amen? Maybe in these last several months, we have been finding ourselves being moved by propaganda more than the truth of God's Word. Maybe as a result, it's because we haven't taken advantage 
of the advantage. Maybe we haven't had ourselves experiencing the full potential of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because Jesus said it's to our advantage that he goes. So whether you realize it or not, you've got the advantage. Maybe we've identified by not having taken advantage of, of the advantage, as I said, and so therefore it's now time to fill her up. It's time to pull up to the tank and say, it's time to get full. It's time to no longer be depleted. It's, it's time to no longer just go on vapors. It's no longer time to just rely on our intellect. It's time to be full. I found this interesting once again in John's gospel. And listen, it's John 20, 22. John 20, 22. If you recall, Jesus had ascended from the dead. And he's visiting with his disciples. And in John 20, 22, the Bible says that Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So theologians will tell us that in this particular account, that when he breathed on them, and said, receive the Holy Spirit, it was in that moment that they received salvation or received the born-again experience. And therefore, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came in and dwelled within them. Now they have the advantage living on the inside of them. The person of the Holy Spirit taking up residence. Isn't it interesting that he is so close, but yet there's times that he feels so far away. And maybe it's just that we need to get reacquainted with the person of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's we just need a purpose to get our tanks filled up once again. Come on, say it with me. Say, fill her up. Amen. All right. In addition to this, there's some things that I want you to see and begin to understand. And as I said, I've never started out this aggressive before in the start of a new year. But I just figure, what's, what's the harm? Either we're going to go big or we're going to go home. Amen? All right. So Jesus says to his disciples in John's gospel, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. As I said, the scriptures will tell us, or theologians will say, that that was their born-again experience when they became Christians or believers. But then we see, and I want to take you over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, because this is just a little bit later as he's ministering to his disciples. And the time is coming when his departure is going to become a reality. He says, it's imperative that I go because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. All right, in verse 4, it says, being assembled together with them, now listen to these words, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait 
for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, once again, I want to pause there because the Bible says that he commanded them. So, in other words, this isn't something that is just a real good suggestion. This isn't something that he's saying, well, you know what, this might be a benefit to you. He gives them a command and he says, now go wait for the promise that you heard me speaking about. Now, how many of you know that in regards to this story, there was 500 people or disciples at this moment? But when it all was said and done, there was only 120 that actually listened to what he said. So obviously, they, they didn't hear the words in which he spoke. They looked at it as though this was a suggestion, as though this advantage, as though this thing is not necessarily needful for me to hear or to partake of. He says, now go wait for the promise that you've heard. He says that you've heard from me. In verse 5, it says, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall, re, uh, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. Now, wait a minute. I thought that they had already received the Holy Spirit when he breathed on them. They did. They became born again. They received Christ into their life as their personal Lord and Savior. Therefore, the Holy Spirit took up residence within them. But now he was saying, now there is something additional to the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's in regards to the promise that I said to you. That there's help, there's comfort, there's peace, there's direction, there's leading, there's teaching. And it comes when you receive the promise. Now in verse 8 it says this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now did you notice what he said? He said, once again, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So there must be something additional to what Jesus talked about in John's gospel when he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us that they went and they waited, or they went to the place in which he told them to go. And we pick up in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse, uh, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. I'm telling you what, God's a God of suddenlies. You just hide and watch in this next year and you'll see that God shows up in some suddenlies. We, we had our time together this morning as we were rallying, and one of the, the, the women said that they were uh, traveling on the road, and uh, there was an intersection that came, and there was another car that was coming, I don't know, blew through the intersection or something of that nature. And she said, I don't know how my vehicle moved in the way that it did, but it was impossible for me not to get hit by the other car. But somehow the hand of God stepped in, and suddenly I was saved from a sure accident that took place. Now, that might not excite you. That might be something, ah, I don't know, maybe she's just kind of making that story up. Maybe she's just exaggerating a little bit. Well, listen, had you been in the car, you might have been the one saying, hey, hey, I saw a suddenly happen, and it was God. Amen. And God's wanting to show off that way in these days and these times. He goes on to say here, 
And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, the rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole place where they were sitting. Then there appeared on them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Now listen to these words. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now did you see what it said was an evidence of them being filled with the Spirit. It says there was an expression that came from their mouth and it was speaking in other tongues. It says that when they were filled, something changed. How did you receive the Holy Spirit the very first time? How did you receive the Holy Spirit to be a child of God? Your mouth had to move and eternity was changed the moment you confessed Jesus as Lord. And when you did, the Holy Spirit came and filled you. But now he said, in order for you to experience an advantage on this earth, like I've truly designed and made. He says, I'm also going to change the words that come out of your mouth. He said that I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You can live life like everybody else. You can live the mediocre life. You can be told how to think and what to do and how to act. Or you can have an abundant life in quality and in quantity. And in order for you to experience that kind of life, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to touch your mouth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God wants to fill us in these days and in these hours. This is not something that was just meant for a few. It was meant for God's people. I said it was meant for God's people. Now once again as we begin to look at the scripture. The Bible says that they received the Holy Spirit. Now they received the Holy Spirit once they were born again. But Jesus spoke of another time. In Mark chapter 16, if you recall, him speaking to his disciples. And once again, don't let that mess with you because disciples is simply a follower of Christ. He said these signs will follow those who believe. He says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said, man, if they drink anything deadly, he said it'll by no means hurt them. He says they'll even cast out devils. And he says, you know what? He says they will speak with new tongues. Now, this is what Jesus said before he departed. It's the great commission of the church. And yet, when we see it happening to the disciples, we're like, whoa, that was kind of weird. I don't know if I want to experience any of that. But didn't Jesus say that this was a sign of a believer? That this is something that you can partake of? And he also said, it's to your advantage. And so there's something about this that gives you an advantage. And most of the times, the reason why we don't want it, desire it, or expect it to be a fulfillment or an advantage in our life is merely because of ignorance. I said it's ignorance. Ignorance is simply the lack of knowledge. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of the cancel culture telling me what to think and what to do. 
and there is a cancel culture in our life and there is a cancel culture that is in the church. And the cancel culture is don't believe the word of God. You watch the news every night. And what does the cancel culture of the news every night tell you? Don't believe the word of God. Even though the word of God says that Jesus is the healer, we have a greater truth that says you're going to get sick and you're going to die. Don't assemble together in the body of Christ. Be fearful because there is a greater truth because Jesus is a lie. Hello? Isn't that the reality? Don't believe the word. And yet we come into the body of Christ and this particular topic of what we're talking about has brought about so much division within the people of God and they're saying, don't believe the word of God. That's not for the church today. That was only for a select few. God don't do it anymore because he's advanced on to better things. Well, if it was good enough for the disciples, I think it's good enough for us. In fact, we won't take the time to get into it, but he goes on to say in one particular place, when they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues, he said this, he said, it's to you and to your children and to those who are afar off. So it belongs to the body of Christ. Now, once again, why is it that there's so much debate, so much confusion, and even so much fear concerning it. I know from the core of my being the reason why there is so much debate, so much concern, and so much fear is because the enemy has worked extremely hard to tell the people of God that it's not for them. And therefore, we have a church and a people that are walking around that are filled with the Holy Spirit, has eternity changed, but they live life without experiencing the majority of the advantage that the Holy Spirit came to give. Now, in addition to that, I think the reason why there's so many people that are concerned with this particular topic is because so many people think that it's just merely babbling. And therefore there's no understanding. And there's been times that we've tried to minister on this subject. And we walk away and I'm like God I feel like I didn't hit it. And I feel like people are still confused and don't understand. Or don't understand the advantage of why you would want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into. And don't let the enemy talk you out of coming. Allow yourselves to be teachable in these next several weeks so that you can understand why it is to your advantage. Because it is not just babbling with no understanding. There is so much that God wants you to experience. And just as I close this morning, as I... Bring us to a, a place of, of closure for today. Well, let me say this. I find it interesting how we live in a culture 
that we live life with FOMO. Do you know what, I, you know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. And I, I find it so interesting how people of God look at the world and their carnality and we say, oh dear God, I'm missing out. But yet God has made so much to, available for us to live a life of quality and quantity. And yet we say, huh. Huh. maybe one day. They don't really interest me now. How is it that God, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. If there's an advantage, how come we don't have FOMO for the advantage of what God said is available to us? But yeah, it's like, well, might be good for you, but I'll be okay. No, you're missing out. There is a feeling that God desires. Let me bring it to a close with this here. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You might say, Pastor, what would it benefit me to be filled? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses. You say, what will being filled with the Spirit do for me? It'll cause you to fall in love with Jesus. You say, how does that make me fall in love with Jesus? He said, when you're filled, you'll be a witness. You only tell people about the things that you love. I want to ask you the question. When's the last time that you were so excited to tell somebody about Jesus? When was the last time that you were so giddy to tell this person about the person that saved your soul from the pit of hell? When was the last time that you shared Jesus with somebody and wanted them to experience what you did? Maybe it's the fact that we are so empty and depleted that we don't realize it. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will find that you begin to have a passionate love for Jesus. God wants to know you so much. My sister and brother-in-law, they came into town this past week. They went to a restaurant. They've been in Florida for about 20 years. They went down to the, the mega diner down here. And my sister said that while she's sitting there, she said the love of God came on her and she said, I saw myself telling the whole restaurant that God loves them. And she said, she wrestled with it because it's like, dear God, what are you doing? And she said, before it was said and done, it was like they told everybody in the whole restaurant, God loves them. You don't do that unless you're in love with the person that you know. 
He says, you'll be witnesses unto me. If you want to fall in love with Jesus like you've never fallen in love with anything and anyone before, be filled with the Spirit and allow the love of God, the advantage of who He is, the goodness of who He is, fill you to overflow. And you'll find that people start to look at you because there will be a glow, a light, and a love that just exuberates from you. Listen, if you want your children to be different, get filled. You might be looking at your children, and they're a direct result of you right now. Ouch. If you want them to change, you don't have to preach, just get filled. They might say, what happened to mom and dad? They're talking a little weird you'll find that the love of God elevates in the house. You want your marriage to turn around? You might even be scared to get your marriage turned around. That's all right. I guarantee you when God fixes your marriage, it will be a marriage worth keeping. Amen. Why? Because when he's filled with God, when she's filled with God, you won't see all the natural side of that person. You'll see God. And you'll fall in love with them like you haven't ever fallen in love with them. Let's get full. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I merely set the platform for the things that we're going to share in the days ahead. And I want to assure you that the person of the Holy Spirit is not scary. He won't scare you into submission. He won't do anything against your will. But oh, He will pour out His love and His goodness and His Spirit upon your life if you'll only open and avail yourself to it. And so, we're just going to endeavor to share the Word of God in the next couple weeks and hopefully cause you to be so spiritually hungry that by the end of it, you won't allow the past teachings and the past thoughts and the past concerns and the past worries to intimidate you from receiving. You'll come to a place of your own decision to say, God, fill me up. Because I want more of you. In Jesus name. So Father I pray for every single person. That is here or that is listening or watching online. I thank you for a spiritual hunger. That consumes us like never before. And totally changes the landscape of our homes. Our marriages. Our children and our church. God I thank you. That this year in 2022. It's up to me and you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. 
If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.